0: All right, hey folks, so today's video is a very important one and it's about the time that I was almost blackpilled into believing my genetic potential was a lot less than it actually was. And I think this is still a pretty common issue. There are lots of reasons why people might want to um, tell you that you just can't achieve. Um, I think, first of all, you have people who just don't know any better and they have such a piss-poor understanding of what effective training is, their own training lives have just been pointless and uh, and mediocre. So they just, to cope, they tell everyone else, look, you're only ever going to bench 225 or whatever, right? They have very, very low expectations. Now, the fallout of that is people either give up or they accept mediocrity or they turn to drugs. Either of those ways out are not good. And I want to talk to you a bit about how how I dealt with this, and some lessons that I learned looking back now over two decades, and um, things that you can take from that. Because I think these types of people are still very much in the industry. They're still telling you, you can only bench 225. You should be happy with that. Or saying, well, you're only going to get good physique if you're on drugs, all these types of things, right? So let's go back to my story first. So back in roughly 2000, um, I started proper training. Um, I had trained for about a year prior, just doing cardio and stuff, and I'd lost some weight. So around about 2000, January 2000, I started training properly at a regular gym. And I was involved with a community of lifters online who were all very much low-volume advocates. Um, Decently hard work on the basics, but their um, bias was low-volume, and that's all they ever did. So... I got up to some numbers, mostly because I bulked quite heavily. I had lost 50 pounds the year prior, so I'd gained about 40 pounds that year. And as a result, with some heavy training, I had done reasonably well. I'd got up to about a 200-pound bench, 300-pound squat, 400-pound deadlift over the course of that first year or so. Um, Around about 18 months later, I hit a hard wall and I had tried everything, you know. And so I went to this community of lifters and I said, hey, I've stalled. Um, especially my bench is going nowhere. What what do I do? And they all said, look, you've hit your genetic limit. And that's it. They said, look, you've done better than we have. I I still remember there was one guy who said, look, you've done better than I have. I've been training for 20 years and you've got a better bench than I have. And that was 200 pounds for a guy who weighs 200 pounds. So they said you'd hit your limits. You should just be happy with what you've got, happy with what you've achieved, and then look to maintain that for the rest of your life. I didn't believe that and I went on and I learned more and I eventually went to surpass those numbers greatly. Uh, In fact, doubling the bench press as well as lifting way more on the squat and deadlift. Um, So effectively my perceived genetic limit was not a genetic limit. It was a knowledge limit and the community of lifters I was involved in at the time, they had such a piss poor understanding of what training is in their minds. They just perceived that as a limit because they didn't know any better. And then they tried to blackmail pill into believing that that was my limit as well. So I could be, you've probably heard the expression, misery loves company. It's effectively that. So that I could be just as miserable as them and just as mediocre as them. But I didn't accept that. And I went on. I looked further our field. And of course, the internet was growing at the time there were other forums, there were other sources of information, and I explored those, I read as much as I could, and I eventually found the solution for me, and I went on to surpass those numbers greatly. But initially, it was a mindset issue. Now, I could have stopped there, and I could have said, okay, I accept that, and I'm good. Um, But it was a mindset issue. It was like, I refused to believe that, and that was the first thing. And that's the first lesson for you guys is, refuse to believe people who want to put limits on you as a natural. There are no limits. You know, there is time, there is injuries, but as we get better and better information out there, and as people start earlier and earlier, we've, we realize there are no limits. Now I'm not saying everyone's going to bench 600 pounds. That's preposterous, but can you bench one more pound? Yes. Is there going to be some arbitrary point where things just stop? No. There is no effective limit. Things slow down drastically. And very often the people who are saying there's a limit have just, they're just coping. They've blackpilled themselves into believing there's a limit. Um, perhaps they've accepted their own mediocrity, perhaps they've jumped on drugs and because that's their cope. So they have to tell everybody there's a limit just to make themselves feel better about their choices. But no, there is no limit. So moving on, I've got a bunch of notes written down and I want to just talk about some of the lessons that I learned. So First one. Now, I often say, and I often have said, my volume was increased, and that was part of the solution. It was. Okay. So, but I want to just, I've thought about that some more, and I want to just give that some more clarification. My volume was increased. That was one factor. But there was a bigger factor in that. And actually, the biggest factor was I no longer succumbed to dogmatism. That was the biggest thing. And I talk about this on my channel quite a lot. Don't be loyal to or zealous about some type of approach or some influencer, not even me. You know, I I mean nothing to you guys. I'm nothing in your lives. I am just a guy on YouTube giving you information. I'm not your master or anything. I'm just a guy who gives my experience. You do not need to be loyal to me. You do not need to be loyal to anybody else. Your, Your loyalty is only to yourself and to your gains. So volume was increased, but the main thing is I rejected the dogmatism. The dogmatism in that group was low volume, was the way, and that's it. Mostly everything else was a reasonable, but the one, the Achilles heel in that group was volume. And as a result, that Achilles heel broke down the entire chain. So they believed low volume was the way and only the way. So nobody in that group was even experimenting with higher volumes. And if they did, they went elsewhere and did it. It was that dogmatic And they they weren't even willing to accept that as a possible solution. Now, as a result, over time, their standards eroded. And in that group, the standards that were pushed were the three plate bench, four plate squat, five plate deadlift, at a reasonable body weight. The number of people who were actually doing that in that group at a reasonable body weight was hardly any. So over time, due to the dogmatism, their standards eroded as well It's a consequence. If you have a weak link in your chain of knowledge, eventually it will drag everything down. Dogmatism will F you. Your only loyalty is to your results. So yes, my volume increased, but the reality is not everyone's volume has to increase. You will have to make some changes. You will have to moderate your expectations. You may have to change your intensity. You may have to work harder, for example, but um, not everyone's volume will increase. It's more about avoiding, avoiding dogmatism so don't be loyal to the method be loyal to your results do what you need look around see what's appropriate if it fits great if you jive with somebody on youtube like me for example try my approach sure otherwise your loyalty is only down to your results now the next thing i want to talk about is the diet people very often say that um, gains are made in the kitchen you know and training is just a stimulus to be recovered from again i think that's cope I think that's COPE because a lot of those guys are saying that with no real clue about proper programming. Training was the stumbling block for me. Diet was not. I had a diet in plenty of excess, plenty. I wasn't gaining any strength at all. I had completely tapped out. It didn't matter what I did with the diet at all. In fact, some of my best gains years and years later were actually done at maintenance. Um, I specifically remember. It was a year where it was the final year of university for me. And uh, all I did was train and uh, program in the lab. Uh, That's it. I I was a computer science student. And that was a great year for me for training because my focus was entirely on training and then education. So I slept well, I drank, I ate, I wasn't going out, I wasn't partying, I wasn't socializing. I was relatively stress free. I mean, computer science was um, fun for me. So it was fine. And that was one of my best years of progress. It wasn't diet it was training my training was effective therefore i gained so diet is something which i think people use as kind of a crutch in the sense that people will recommend bulking and nothing but bulking now i'm all i'm all for that bulking is great right i, I don't think you shouldn't bulk but i've said recently recomposition is a valuable is a viable tactic valuable that's not even a word is <laughs> a viable tactic um and it's simply if you if your training is Um, effective enough, you will be able to gain. It's not the diet. The diet doesn't make as much of an influence as people think. Diet definitely affects body weight, and sometimes body weight is needed to push muscle gains. Great. Um, But the training can do a hell of a lot. So that's the next thing. Um, Gains aren't made in the kitchen, Okay, Training, the stimulus, has to be effective. It has to be effective programming effective expectations of what you can achieve. If you don't have that, the best diet in the world or gaining pounds and pounds of weight every week, it's not going to help your strength or your muscle mass. The stimulus from training needs to be there, needs to be done right. And this is one of those tells if, if people actually know how to program hypertrophy training effectively, that's a tell for, for, for us to know if they actually know what they're doing. Quite a lot of guys will go for the, you must bulk cope. Yeah, no, be very wary of people who say, who reject recomposition outright. No, it very much can be a thing. And I'm not saying, again, not saying you have to recomposition. What I'm saying is the mentality that you must bulk to see any kind of gains usually tells me that that person doesn't know how to program because you should be able to get gains without the diet being in a surplus all the time. It's not mandatory. Okay, next point is my standards were high. And not only were my standards high, but I believed in them. I wholeheartedly believed in them. So within this group, they had this 300 pound bench, 400 pound squat, 500 pound deadlift as their goals. But most of them didn't really believe in it. They didn't really believe. Most of them had been training for many, many years, many, many years, but they didn't actually believe in these goals that they, they characterize as this sort of achievement. They'd stop believing. Because their training was ineffective, they'd stop believing. Whereas me, I thought, well, I have two arms. uh, I have two legs. I'm young. I'm willing to train hard. Why can't I? Of course I can. And so for me, not only did I have the goals, but they were believable. And at the time, a 300-pound bench, a 400-pound squat, and 500-pound deadlift were lofty goals. I thought, if I could accomplish those within a lifetime, I'd be happy. That's what I thought. So but I very quickly got the impression, particularly once I had stalled, I got the impression from the members of the group that they didn't really believe those goals were possible. They just sort of gave them a bit of a, um, I don't know, they they sort of just said them in passing. They didn't say, okay, well, those are goals, but they're not for us. We can't really do them, but they are reasonable goals. You know, that was it. That was all they said. Um, So I kept my standards high, and I believed in those goals. You know, I believed that the standards were achievable. And I, and I believed it deep within my soul that I could do those. Okay. Now, the next point is, um, once I did get to the point where I was slightly more advanced and I'd reached that plateau, my progression rate had to be more incremental. It had to slow down. I had to accept much slower rates of progression. So part of that was the programming. And part of that, this is where the higher volume comes into it because yes, I did do higher volume, but really a lot of that was to allow me to have better markers of progression. I could add a rep to the third set, for example, or the fourth set. So that, that was a more acceptable rate of progression than having to add two and a half kilos to the bar because I was only doing one set per exercise or two sets. So I had a much broader base of volume and I've spoken about this recently in the uh, building the base of the pyramid video. Um, I had a much, larger base of volume so I could see more incremental progress. Like, for example, adding one rep to five by five is easier than adding one rep to two sets of five if they're all being trained at the hilt. Because, well, naturally speaking, you're using weights which are much more manageable. So it allows you to have more incremental progression. And this this point is all about saying, well, I had to accept slow rates of progress. But my progression scheme had to reflect that as well. I couldn't just say, well, I'm going to progress slowly. I had to use a progression screen which did involve high volumes, to allow me to have more incremental rates of progress. Okay. Which takes me to the next point. I had to learn more advanced forms of training. So this really boils down to the whole uh, idea about genetic limits. I had been told when I'd hit the 200-pound bench 300-pound squat, 400-pound deadlift, that I had reached my genetic limit. But quite clearly, it wasn't a genetic limit. It was actually a knowledge limit. And that was the big realization that I came to very quickly after that, within a couple of years. Since I had progressed faster, I would reached the 300, 400, 500 after about four years of training. So it took me another couple of years. But um, that was fine, because I was seeing progress. And I realized it was simply just a knowledge limit. And then when I went on to exceed those numbers, I realized again, it was more of a knowledge limit. It wasn't a genetic limit at all. And that's really what I believe is the problem with a lot of um, these people who push the idea of a genetic limit. They just don't know programming that well. you know. And so that was clearly the case with this community anyway. And I still believe this community is going quite strong. Um, so yeah, it's not really a genetic limit per se. It's a knowledge limit, and then it's a time limit. How long do you actually have? We have finite lives, you know, we only live for so long. And eventually bodies start to rebel, we start to get older, blah, blah, blah. We make mistakes, we get injured, you know, that kind of stuff. These are all part and parcel of the game. But yeah, if you can remain healthy, if you can remain what I mean, what I mean by healthy is if you can remain injury-free and motivated, and you're lucky enough to do that for years and years and decades, then there is no limit. You'll carry on gaining. Most of us at this age do carry one or two injuries. And that will put will curtail your progress because progression is about training really really hard. But essentially, there is no genetic limit; it is a knowledge limit, not a genetic limit. So, in terms of consequences and how to view this video, I think you guys should view this video almost like a um, a time machine um, for yourself. You know, think of this like me coming back from twenty years in your future, coming back to tell you, actually, I've been to the future, like all of that, all you're being told right now about genetic limits and about you having mediocre genetics, or even you thinking yourself you have mediocre genetics, it's all cope. It's all cope from people who have given up. That's what it is. Think of me as, think of this video as a message from the future. It's all cope. I I don't look anything like what I looked like when I was 18. I look completely different i never had that kind of potential never nobody ever would have seen that in me um and i've gone on to surpass my own expectations so what i will say though is i'll give you my experience just of that community because they're still around looking at that community they still say the same things and they haven't really progressed on i would say the most black-pilled members of that that community are still there I briefly took a foray back into that community a few years ago and I had a look at some of the familiar faces. They're all still there. They're just 20 years older and just as weak with just as many excuses. Imagine that. Imagine that. Like really, imagine having wasted an entire 20, 30 years of time in the gym because you refused to accept your dogmatism and you carried on being blackpilled accepting mediocre expectations. I want nothing to do with that, either ideologically or in terms of their training knowledge. Nothing whatsoever. It's pathetic. So looking back, the most black-pilled of those members, they've made zero progress, they're still weak, and the thing is, there's the sunk cost fallacy. They're even more invested now. They're even more zealous about telling everyone there's a genetic limit, about telling everyone that anybody who's any bigger is all drugs. It's a pathetic community of weak men. So they don't want to own up to their own failures. They're just projecting their failures onto everybody else because they've just given up. They've given up 20 years ago when I was in contact with them, they've given up now. Their entire lives in this regard have been one big failure. And then you think to yourself, well, what else have they given up on? What else? So avoid that because it tumbles, it's, it It rolls, it rolls. You give up on one thing, you give up on the next. It's easier to give up on the next. If you have low expectations in one area, you have low expectations in the next area, and then the next area, and then the next area. Before you know it, you're 30 years down the line and you don't even look like you've stepped one minute in a, in a regular gym. What a waste of time. And the final point that I want to make is um, about boomers. Okay, one thing that bugs me no end because, um, I used to be a school teacher and now I am a bit older. One thing that bugs me no end is this sort of boomer vibe of trashing the newer generation. Absolute nonsense. Because as I've just demonstrated, those people who don't want to work hard enough, who have low expectations, who embrace mediocrity, they are not just part of your generation. They were part of my generation too. They were also part of the previous generation. They are always there. So if you have a boomer, Who is sitting there telling you, well, your generation is weak. It used to be better. We used to be made of stronger stuff. No, they didn't. And that boomer has effectively just forgotten. They've forgotten. They've given up. They've given up themselves. They're no longer in the gym culture. They've just sat, they've retired, and they're remembering, they're fondly remembering with rose tinted glasses about the good old days. Ignore them. And by the way, can I just say this? Now we're 20 minutes into video. If you, I don't plan on being away from YouTube anytime soon. So if you guys ever catch me saying anything like that as I get older, (laughs) just take me out and put me out of my misery, OK, because I never want to get to that point where I'm trashing the younger generation. No, we had all the same losers back when my day as well, all right? It's not an age thing. It's not a generation thing at all. It's a mentality thing. So you can be the exception. You should be the exception. You owe it to yourself if you're going to spend time in the gym make sure you spend that time productively and reject people blackpilling you into saying your genetics are crap or your expectations need to be lower or you can only get a good physique with drugs reject all that stay positive okay um stay positive keep smiling because good things will happen if you if you maintain your positivity um and stay keep high expectations and um hopefully this video was seen as something which was uplifting because that that was my goal. I want you to experience what I've experienced. I want you to be, to have high expectations, to approach life and embrace life with positivity um, and have a good time. So with that, I wish you the best. See you in the next one. Take care.